Hey, Potential Podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Potential Podcast. Before we begin today's episode, we'd like to take a moment and talk to you about something that means a lot to us. This podcast was created to be a source of fun and entertainment, and although we love to nerd out with you, one thing we do take serious is mental health. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. And at any time, you can request a new therapist at no additional charge. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99 which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com slash potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. this is The Potential Podcast. Well, everyone, welcome back to the Potential Podcast with me, your host, Taylor Sokol, and always with me, the plucky and always well-groomed Chris Dewar. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? They call me Pluck Man. <laughs> Because he's ask. so plucky. <laughs> I'm pretty good. Uh, how you been, Taylor? You good? 
Very good. Very good. Uh, we'll tell you uh, very exciting stuff. Finally, the garden has just flourished. There's tomatoes left and right. I have tomatoes coming out of my ears. So gardening has been a success full run for my first time. So that's awesome, man. It's You're been exciting, um, but everything's good. Um, good and gravy. It's uh, man. The summer is going by quick. We are unwinding down our, I know it's, it's, August. you know, August is almost, I mean, it's not almost over, but it's, you know, we're about halfway here through August. And, um, you know, by the time this episode airs, I'll be down in San Diego for a few days enjoying the beach. Yeah, um, that's exciting. Exciting. And then the uh, week after that will be a certain special day for me. And then uh, before you know it, the month will be over and it's gonna be like, whoa, August went like that. Exactly. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's weird that in this quarantine time seems to be going quicker than you would think it would be when you have spending so much time at home. Exactly. It seems to be going faster. But um, anyway, of course, one thing that we're really missing out during this summer is our usual summer movies, our summer blockbusters. Yes, in particular, I mean, some of the biggest blockbusters, um, especially in the last, you know, 10 years, have been the superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we were just at Black Widow early this year, which I was very excited about, uh, but not. But hopefully that'll be coming soon. But we want to kind of hark back uh, on top of the topic of superheroes. Wanted to hark back to one of our earlier episodes. Of course, in that episode, Chris, we did talk about um, the top villain comic book f- movie portrayals of all yes. time and, and some of our honorable mentions and the least favorite. And we found that that was a fairly easy one to do. Um, because it's yes. great just to hate uh, bad guys. It's great to hate, and uh, you know, there's some bad guys you'd love to hate, and some that you just hate because that wasn't very good. The thing is, of course, you want to give equal time to the heroes because you know, uh, every hero has its villain, and every villain needs a hero to pick on. So, the hard part about making this list today was yes. for sure that a lot of these actors have played the same character for multiple movies, or. Yes. There's been multiple actors who've played the same role, you know, uh, over different films. So, you know, we had there's been a few villains that have, of course, spanned a few films, and we've had different actors play the same villain in different roles, such as Joker and etc. This one was actually tough. This one was, yes, it was. much more tough. So, uh, here we are, folks. We're gonna get right into it. Our these are our top. We start off with our top ten favorite comic book hero portrayals in film so taylor again uh we do not know each other's lists this will be the first time hearing it live here so uh this may make or break our friendship (laughs) this may this may be it folks this might be the last episode we will see straw that broke the proverbial nerds back (laughs) so uh go ahead and taylor you can start off with your your top what's your number 10 i'm starting at number 10 of my top movie uh, portrayals would have to be the character of blade portrayed by wesley snipes oh, okay uh first of all one of the very first um big um african-american superheroes that was portrayed in film uh, early yes. on when superhero movies started to come out i thought i mean blade was portrayed by wesley snipes in not one not two but three films um of course the first one i love the best but uh, i thought he just had the cool edgy he was jacked he was great for the role and i think he really defined uh what it mean to be kind of a hero but kind of an anti-hero and uh, i'm an yeah, anti-hero just, yep but i really that was uh coming it was a tough one but definitely coming in number 10 i'm gonna give it to blade wesley snipes very nice well i'm gonna start off with michael keaton 
as Bruce Wayne and Batman in Tim Burton's Batman. Um, probably still one of the first true film superheroes I've ever seen that I can think of my you know, young youth of having a VHS copy of Batman somewhere with the Batman sleeve. Yeah. Um, you know, Keaton really set the kind of the standard for what was going to be the superhero, the modern day superhero of what kind of we have now. And he, he had a perfect balance of that kind of brooding Bruce Wayne who was so focused on the job and he didn't really concentrate on his love life and in his own safety. Yeah. And he was a great Batman. I thought it was, you know, looking at Adam West previously, more camp. This was our first kind of serious superhero. So I'm going to yes. go to Keaton for number 10. All right. Well, number nine for me, I'm going to have to give it to uh, the first iteration on film uh, for the mainstream was Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. Ah, very nice. So uh, I got to give it to Tobey Maguire. First of all, this is my, one of my first, if I can recall, one of the very big movies of my youth um, that really kind of struck out to me still to this day. I remember, first of all, uh, seeing this movie, I was so excited. I thought Tobey Maguire had the perfect uh, action. He had the very dorkiness, but also he had the quips. He had, you know, what Spider-Man was about. I mean, growing up in the cartoon, you know, that was, that was Spider-Man. He was very quippy, very sarcastic very cheesy but also you know he could play the action so i thought that toby mcguire he just you know fit the bill and i, I gotta give it up to him for the first two because he did just such an amazing job of course third one's tough there's just so much going on there but toby mcguire is still doing his thing yes. um so but and who doesn't yeah. like toby mcguire dancing so exactly um. or pelvic thrusting in new york uh, <laughs> streets so but i'm gonna give it up to number nine spider-man with toby mcguire very nice. Well, number nine, I'm going over to uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy here. I'm going to have Chris Pratt as Star-Lord slash Peter Quill. All right. Okay. Um, Han Solo in space. Yeah, Han, Han Solo in space. Yeah. Uh, just, well, space. I mean, Chris Pratt kind of has his type when it comes to humorous kind of action heroes. He's kind of our new kind of version of Harrison Ford, exactly with you know Han Solo and kind of Indiana Jones. He's kind of filling that uh, void for us, you know, the the guy who can play the humor but also does action really well and i think him as star lord's been really fun character to see grow over his few films i think he's always so funny and now especially with the kind of brooding uh you know fighting over uh, who's really boss here against thor um i just think it's a great character i think he's really kind of you know it was almost a bit of a risk looking at someone like andy dwyer you know from parks and rec to take that role and i think it's uh, worked out well for him so Number nine for me is Chris Pratt, Star-Lord. Yeah, and he definitely defied, you know, expectations, again, with, like, Michael Keaton, you know, being a comedic actor and then going into this role. Or he mm-hmm. he jacked it up, literally. Um, number eight coming at me is going to be Professor X, Patrick ah, Stewart. Or, sorry, Sir Patrick nice. Stewart. Yes. Uh, so. Well, X-Men, you know, came at a time, I mean, this really started to amp up the, the superhero genre in a different way. Of course, you had you know, a lot of great movies of superheroes starting to come in the woodwork of the late 90s, early 2000s. But X-Men was just definitely so cool because, uh, first of all, with that whole thing, I mean, Patrick Stewart played that role just perfectly. Of course, he's the first iteration of the role. Of course, coming in later, James McAvoy is the younger version. Both in a right, but Patrick Stewart, um, I mean, he was Jean-Luc Picard and he just, to doing this role, it just, he had just the, the cadence and just that, you know, the intensity, but, you know, he just sitting in his chair and, but he commanded the scene every time you, whether he's playing against, mm-hmm. um, against Magneto or he's playing against, 
uh, Logan. Yeah, I, it was. Uh, I still to this day, this Professor X, man, Patrick Stewart, number number eight. Or sorry, yeah, yeah, number eight. Yeah, very nice. Uh, well, number eight for me. Uh, again, this was a tough list, so I had to kind of go back and forth and put them where they were. And I, this is where I have him for this role. But um, Christian Bale as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. So already have my second Batman on this list. Oh wow, okay. Um, and the only reason I put Christian Bale above Keaton for this reason is simply because we had three films to go off of. And as much as I enjoy Batman and Batman Returns, overall the the Dark Knight trilogy by Nolan is my preferred films of yes. that uh, genre. And, and I think what's interesting about Christian Bale is I think he had to make that he kind of had to make that tough choice, and it probably was with Nolan as well of doing that voice as when he was Batman. You know that where is he? And, you know, I think it, it gives into the, the overall story of fear and, you know, but I think him as Bruce Wayne is really solid. I think he really shows off his acting chops as, as, as this leading man. And I thought he was a fantastic Batman for that series. Um, yeah. So number eight for me is Christian Bale. All right. I'm coming in here. Uh, this is going to be number seven. Uh, I'm going to go give it to, there have been many, many iterations of this character, but this was my first experience with him. I'm going to give number uh, seven to Superman, Christopher Reeves. Mm. Uh, first of all, I mean, he just was so iconic for that role. Um, I think it's been a hard, you know, hard shoes for that role to be filled. Um, Superman, I mean, it's a character that is completely, you know, overpowered. And I mean, his only weakness is kryptonite, but literally he is a, a literal god in the story. But Christopher Reeves has such a great you know, balance where he was very subtle, uh, but really, you know, had still the classic fair flair of the, the 1940s, you know, this, you know, da, 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 leap over a tall building and, and one single bound and just um, something about that when he started with those, those films. Um, yeah, just Christopher Reeves just had that great thing. And that was my first experience with Superman. My, my family got me, uh, my dad exposed me to all the uh, original Superman. And I was just like, I loved it. Um, not all the movies, but I just love Christopher Reeves, um, especially the one part where in leaves the third one, of course, where he gets a fight against uh, almost their iteration of Bizarro Superman. And it was cool where he's literally fighting himself. And I thought that was pretty cool, especially for the time of when those movies came out. So number seven, Christopher Reeves, Superman. Awesome. I will say a quick side note. Uh, I didn't really count Christopher Reeve for my list because this might shock people. I've not really seen all his films all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces on TV. I never sat down and watched any of his Superman films full out. So it's on my list to do one day because I know that he is kind of the pivotal Superman. Um, although I do enjoy Henry Cavill's uh, portrayal. Yeah. Well, for me, number seven is uh, the only female on my top 10. And I think she completely deserves her spot. She has been a, a longtime actress in this role now. And she's really uh, a great mix of someone that can kick a lot of ass but has a lot of good sense and plays the drama and i think she's a lot of fun so that's of course scarlett johansson who plays natasha you know she plays the black widow natasha romanov so um i think she's been it's been interesting to see her arc so far with that role from uh, where she started to where she ended in Endgame, but now we're going to get this new Black Widow movie. But, you know, she was someone that was kind of uh, somewhat a villain in the beginning. We don't really know, maybe a double agent kind of thing. And then seeing her kind of join the Avengers team. And, you know, I think she's been, uh, you know, 
it's kind of often the superheroes are kind of the, it, it always feels like a boys club. And I thought it was, it was fun to have someone that could really keep them, you know, in line. And she's a, she's a fun one. So that's, that's my number seven, Scarlet. <clears throat> well, oddly enough, <laughs> what's your number uh, six? Number <laughs> six for me would have to be as well. Scarlet Johansson, Black Widow. I'm just trying, nice. trying to interrupt you. Um, yeah. You're going, I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not trying to say ditto, but for all the reasons you're exactly right. I think what she did in the role when she first came in Iron Man 2, it was very, she was very much eye candy. She didn't really have any time mm-hmm. to shine. And then once Avengers hit, it's like, this girl's badass. Um, she's kicking a lot of butt, taking names. And she really defied, like you said, the trope of the damsel in distress or the woman that's just eye candy. It's like, no, she's complicated. She's diverse. You know, she, you know, doesn't, um, you know, doesn't ask to be, you know, put on a pedestal or anything like that. And she's not, you know, trying to get noticed. She just does her job and that. And that's why I'm really excited for her iteration of kind of a going diving in her past with Black Widow. I'm very excited to get for her to get that solo movie. Um, yeah, well, I mean, kind of kind of bums that, it, you know, we have to wait so long and we'll be seeing if uh, it'll come out in theaters, what's going to happen. But apparently that story picks up shortly after Civil War. So it's still during her life. And yeah. that's not really a spoiler anymore because if you haven't seen Endgame by now, Oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, but very Christmas nice. Is a ghost. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll say my number six is um, our current uh, iteration of Spider-Man. It's Tom Holland coming in as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Um, first coming in in Civil War. And then he said, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming. And he's been in, in Spider-Man Far From Home and the Avenger movies. Um, I think Tom Holland has been the perfect Spider-Man so far. He first off, he really has that youth element that I think Spider-Man needs to have. Not that I ever thought Toby or Andrew seemed too old for the role. It's just yeah. that he actually has that just slightly younger feel. Yeah. So I think for the character, him being the younger version, uh, especially up with all these you know big superheroes, it really plays to the humor of he's you know a little fish in a big pond. Yeah, and he just really has that uh, good mix of humor of the striving to want to do what's right, but he's still a high school kid has no clue what he's doing. Yeah, and also the fact that he actually is, you know, a gymnast. He knows how to do a lot of these moves, and so like, yeah, I think it's just like you have like a, a perfect combo for this character, and he's been fantastic, Spider Man. I can't wait to see what else he gets to do. I think uh, I can't. Yeah, so uh, Tom Holland for me is number six. All right. Well, coming in here at number uh, five here, uh, of course, he, uh, he's been the only first iteration of this character, and hopefully uh, there will be someone taking on the, over the mantle soon. Um, but from the get-go, I'm going to give it to number five for me, Captain America, Chris Evans. Uh, well, there was actually a Captain America film that came out in, like, 1990. Oh, this is like, right. This is or, true. Or like, or and it's, like, very not good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. But I, I will, uh, yes, Chris Evans, go ahead and continue. Uh, yeah, so I mean, well, first of all, I gotta give it to Chris Evans because th- it proves that you know you can, you know, do a role. You can do two superheroes even in the same you know universe. You know, we thought mm-hmm. it was Johnny Storm, and I mean that was okay. But for him to take up this role, didn't he defied my expectations? I I always say him just very as a comedic actor, and he played this character very straight and the noble, you know, the noble super soldier that um, fights out for the little guy, and he's not you know, in it for the, for the glory. It's just what is right. 
And I think he had such an amazing character arc from the very beginning when he was first introduced uh, till Endgame. So I thought that was, you know, you got to really get a chance to see his character grow and there was different things that he was doing uh, for each one. So I thought that was just, you know, such a great, and, you know, he got Jack for the role and he just played it amazingly. I just really, he definitely, yes, <laughs> he definitely uh, showed that he was the true leader of the OG Avengers. So that's going to be number five. Yeah, I need I need one of those super suit machines. Just, just come the gym. Out. Just how do you feel? How do you... <laughs> well, I'm already tall, so maybe I become even taller. I know. But, hope uh, not. Well, uh, funny enough, great minds sink alike here. Here we are, number five. My number five is Chris Evans as Captain America, Steve oh, Rogers. Right. Uh, I totally agree with you. I think just he's he's been such a pillar of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we've seen uh, just an amazing performance and him grow from that kind of nerdy little little guy. He just wants, you know, that he, he wants to fight and protect his country. Chris going, years to, old. Going, going through the motions. I mean, he, he looked like that. I mean, he, was, he looked so small, but <laughs> going, you know, going through the motions of what happens when the country you love so much and serve has um, has enemies in it. And, and also, uh, you know, the whole shield being now run by um, uh, Hail Hydra. Um, you know, like I thought seeing him grow through not only being a team player to his own finding his own demons, his longing for Peggy, all that stuff. It's just, you know, uh, really fun. So Chris Evans, yeah, number five for me, for sure. Number four, going off the rails here a little bit here. Uh, Ooh. A, another, another, I guess you could say, you know, this, this guy got a chance uh, to do over this role. Of course, when he first did it, uh, people weren't very happy when he first played it. And of course, he got a second uh, new lease in life. Uh, he's, he's attempted superhero stars not once but twice, not with great box office success. But uh, here he's coming at number four: Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Um, as you'll notice, <laughs> as you notice from my list, I have a big thing about the antihero, the guy that you're not really sure, you know, mm-hmm. is he's not totally noble. There is definitely a little bit of edge to him, and I think Deadpool is everything that Deadpool represents as, you know, the guy who breaks the fourth wall, he is the merc with the mouth. And I think Ryan Reynolds was the perfect role. The fact that he pushed for this, this is his passion project. Uh, in Origins, of course, he did it and it wasn't, they tried to portray it more realistically and not like the comics. And I think they mm-hmm. failed there, but of course, you know, the merc with the mouth doesn't have his mouth shown up, uh, sewn up. So exactly. <laughs> to speak. So, I mean, Deadpool just, it definitely defied, uh, first of all, one of the highest R-rated uh, superhero grossing at the time. There's a lot of R-rated uh, superhero movies, but this one, you know, took the cake. And still to this day, I'm looking forward to the third one. Uh, but Brian Reynolds just, he will and always will be Deadpool. So that's me, number four, Deadpool. Very nice. Well, my number four is also Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was waiting there's and I was like, like wow, yeah, two in a row so far. There's literally, I haven't uh, changed his list. Yeah. So it's crazy. Um, no, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I think. He quickly has, uh, he's really uh, higher in the ranks for me because it was such an explosive uh, pop culture moment for superheroes because not only was it a challenge with the rated R, you know, uh, rating, which often isn't the case for superhero movies, you know, PG-13 is kind of where they always sit, but the humor, the, the, the gore of some of the fighting, I mean, it really plays into what the comic book is like. And it's yeah. like, you know, it needed that for it to work. And Ryan Reynolds is just the perfect candidate for that. He he knows how to play that swarmy kind of guy and the action's really fun. And just him 
also, you know, when they make references to failings in his own life, failings in his career, uh, this this weird bro feud with Hugh Jackman he has. I mean, like all that is so funny, and it just it really I think the, the audience really likes when they see that kind of stuff. So um, even though yeah, he he's had the rare case to be you know not everyone gets to do Marvel DC. Uh, there's a few on our list who have, but I think he really fits at home with Deadpool, and he definitely deserves his spot up there, number four. All right, we're going to number three here. We are getting here. Top three, here we go. Number three for me, coming in here strong. Okay, he got to kick off the MCU universe and uh, still to this day um, redefined what I think a superhero uh, can be. Uh, Going to number three, Iron Man, Tony Stark, portrayed by Robert Downey Jr. Very nice. um, uh, Yeah, well, first of all, when this came out, of course, we had no idea that this was going to lead to something greater. And uh, John Favreau, you know, took a chance with um, Robert Downey Jr. And first of all, this was a great role for him because this was uh, the turnaround in his life and as an act, as an actor and his life with uh, legal problems and a lot of stuff that was going bad in his life. This really just turned around his life and his career. And he was tailor made for this role. I mean, in all honesty, just uh, a lot of people, I think <laughs> to this day, I, I, Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark are synonymous. So it's like, yeah. it's the same person, um, but just great. He had, um, and definitely the comic relief of most of the MCU movies. I mean, just the lines, um, the swagger and the action um, definitely just was such an amazing role. And, you know, kind of like, kind of the little bit less brooding, but you know what, you know, Batman is the DC universe where he's not a superhero. He's a guy, you know, has all this money and, had some tragedy and he turns it around. Um, but yeah, I got to give it up for uh, Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man, number three. Very nice. Well, my number three is uh, the God of Thunder himself, Chris Hemsworth, uh, who portrays Thor. Uh, I mean, wow. Looking at him in his first film to where he was in Endgame is like huge leaps and bounds. I mean, yeah. like, I think he was solid in his first movie. You know, he played the the God of Thunder, the guy from Asgard. He doesn't really have that humor kind of like on Earth. He, he doesn't have a lot of that uh, down-earth presence. He's just so looking bigger and bigger because he wants to be the king and everything. I think we've seen him go from uh, kind of like, I'm the brute, I'm the warrior, to, yeah. okay, he's got a lot of humor. Uh, there's some heart there. And then especially I thought uh, his work in Endgame, seeing all the the pain and tragedy of his life, of how he kind of thinks that it was him that caused the end of the world, essentially. Yeah. Which in many ways, there's some guilt he should be feeling. But seeing that play out, I thought was really, it was nice to see Hemsworth play some more of his dramatic chops for that character where he's like, he's kind of like, you know, he's like almost got PTSD from uh, not killing Thanos properly. Yeah. So, uh, but I think he's been a lot of fun and they really ramped up the humor with him becoming, uh, you know, fatter in the last film. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to go with uh, Thor Love and Thunder and what else Chris might end up doing for this role. I mean, I think he's still got some time to play. So uh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth comes in at number three for me. All right. Well, number two here, we are here top two. Uh, I'm going to give it up to, and this goes back to, of course, um, you know, uh, one of my, the defining movies of my childhood in terms of superhero movies. We're going to go back to X-Men again. 
and portrayed it in so many films. We got to give it to Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. I mean, just like what a, another, if, I mean, we say this a lot and we're on repeat, but who is more made for this role, but Hugh Jackman. And I think though, he didn't have a lot of credits to his name at the time. I mean, he no. literally, literally to none. I believe he was uh, singing in Australia. Like he was the last, the last big thing he did was Oklahoma. So, mm-hmm. you know, you go from this guy who's an amazing, you know, uh, live performer and singer to just embody this role. He's a Australian, uh, you know, live theater actor to portray this uh, indestructible uh, Canadian mutant. So yeah. you can't get farther from that. And, he, the role he did just kept evolving and he played it in so many films and every film, you know, the fact that once, once the original X-Men trilogy ended, then he went on to do these solo films and no matter how good or bad the films were, his portrayal was so amazing. Just the pain and the anguish, you know, it's tough when you got this guy who's like completely, you know, indestructible and near immortal that, you know, there's so many different layers that he kept doing, um, especially in the Wolverine. And then mm-hmm. of course, with his final outing, uh, Logan, just, just what an amazing performance. And I, I do hope that they never um, recast that role if they can help it, because, you know, it's just, I don't know how else you can, you know, top that performance. Cause he literally, he portrayed the, the animalistic side and the amazing fighting, but also there's a lot of depth to his character that he just did an incredible job with. So that's me. Number two, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, or should I say huge Jackman? Yeah. Well, uh, I have to agree with you on that because my number two is also Hugh Jackman. Oh! Wolverine. Hey, that's three uh, three uh, on our list here, uh, exact same number, and that's pretty amazing. I mean, he's the pivotal, like, again another one that's like perfectly cast for this role and even though he's not he's he's probably taller than what comic book accurate would be for wolverine's wolverine's supposed to be shorter but i mean like he's got the bod he's got the look he's got the the anger he's got the chops he had the humor he was really like and again rare to see this this is the thing about these superhero movies is it's rare to see an actor get to play the same character in so many films and also for not not all the same overarching, you know, because again, he had any yeah, cameos. He even the original trilogy. He had a cameo. He had, uh, he got to come back for days of future past. And then he had his own solo films. And I think, I think Logan really takes the cake in terms of uh, his best work for the role. I think Logan's one of the best superhero movies of all time. And just, you know, there's a lot of rumors and talk now that X-Men is going to be revamped because X-Men, as we know, it is done. Uh, we're going to have all new X-Men in the future. And so I, I won't be surprised if they are going to recast the role, especially if they're doing a younger X-Men team, you know, uh, depending on what time period they set some of the movies in. Well, Hugh Jackman, I mean, he's getting older. So, I mean, he can't play this guy. I mean, he said, you know, some of the, some, some of the stuff he does, you know, if he's got, if he's got a shirtless scene where he's really got to show his, his muscles off, he often will dehydrate for 48 hours before that shoot. Jeez. Because, it makes the skin stick more, you know, and it, it's just like, I mean, the dedication just to get re into that shape. Every That's time. good to know when it's, I go back to the beach, you know? Yes. Uh, I'll be re- dehydrating from tonight on. So uh, anyway, but um, yeah, Hugh Jackman, number two. So here we are folks. We've come to our number one pick. I honestly know what you're going to pick. And I think you probably know what I'm going to pick based on what we've not mentioned in our own list so far. 
So, but we'll see. Maybe we'll be, uh, maybe I'm off. Maybe you're off. I don't know. We'll see. Ready? So here yeah, we go. Taylor's right. number one pick. My number one pick. And I was surprised it wasn't yours, but this is just, again, uh, one of the first superhero movies I ever saw. This is literally my, my childhood. Uh, of course, this, this film uh, had just as good as a superhero than it had a villain. And he was in my top list of a super, super villains. And here it is. Number one, the portrayal of Batman, Michael Keaton. You want to get so, nuts? Let's yeah, I know. You want to get nuts? You ever dance with the devil in Pamela Moonlight? Hold it. Uh, I called uh, it. Yeah, you did. Uh, and that's why I was I was holding back when you didn't when you mentioned lower. I was like, really? But it's okay. I I have to give Michael Keaton first of all because this is my first introduction of Batman. That was my first introduction of Batman, the world of superheroes, and I had never seen the only thing other Michael Keaton movie I'd seen may have been Beetlejuice. Uh, okay. Of course, of course, um, just because of when they came out. But what I love about Batman, Michael Keaton just, you know, played, I mean, he did the, the first great, you know, Batman voice. He did do well with the whispers, not, you know, dramatic or obnoxious, but he did have a good balance of like, the thing about Batman is compared to someone like Tony Stark, you know, he's not, he's kind of a womanizer, but he's not really. So they had a really good balance of, you know, um, they dove a little bit into his past, but really, you know, there was a focus on, you know, the action and, you know, he really did well with a lot of the stunts, the acting and just the presence he gave because there's not a lot of quick movements of Keaton in that role. And, you know, as comparison with Christian Bale, um, where there's a lot more intense action, I think that's the kind of the great mystique of Batman where he is like this, he, you know, he was trained by ninjas. And so, you know, he has this a little bit, you know, this mystique of he just like literally glides through the, the air but yeah, just what a great, and I, I would have loved to see him in more of them. I know that they're talking about having an older. Yeah, and actually there's a, there's some serious talk now that Keaton will be involved in, I guess the cyborg film, or there might be a Batman beyond kind of style movie. Who knows? Which there's, I would love to see. Of, yeah. Talks of him coming back as Batman for something. We're not quite sure yet. Um, but we also, I mean, you know, every every good hero can also play a good villain and you know we also got that little there's a little shot of him as we believe the vulture in the morbius trailer so, so yeah um, so his his time he's busy he's back to the comic books uh, yeah. i mean but I, I i mean i do agree with you i mean he 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 really set the bar so you know I put him at 10 just because it's, again, this list is insanely hard. There's just he so had to many. be on the list though. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, no, he definitely, ha- he definitely is on the list. I mean, just the shot of him at his, like, you know, uh, he's got like the back computer and everything, just him and like the black. He's just got the glasses and he's just staring. I mean, it's just like, just that imagery alone paints the picture of Bruce Wayne, you know? Yeah. And that's something different that, you know. Imagine you at your house like that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how I spend most of my days now. Um, well, uh, my number one, you already mentioned, but uh, he's definitely my number one for me. I think he is the pivotal uh, best superhero character of all time. He's not my favorite. Like the superhero himself is not one of my favorites, uh, but I think his role and what he did for the franchise when he did for superhero films is, of course, the man, the legend, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man yes. slash Tony Stark. I mean, again, kind of like with Hugh Jackman and, and you know Ryan Reynolds, a guy who was who was bred and he was made for this role. I mean, yeah. he he really is Tony Stark. He's he's had to fight his own demons in his life, and I think that fed into the role. They, you know, again, these these MCU movies, they like to give some of the drama. They don't want to go too deep into it because there's something a little more 
you know, DC sometimes goes a little darker with some things, but they didn't want yeah. to dive too much into the alcoholism and stuff because it just, you know, they painted the picture, they did what they need to do, and then they move on. And they, I like that they kind of, they kept him for his role through all of the MCU as the guy just, he continually can't stop, even though he, he wants to. He's got to protect. And I love that that's kind of the character arc of this character who is the total chauvinistic, you know, full of himself, rich, just likes to party. And, well, and compensating now, and, for his, his demons, you know, that's a, he just yeah. gave off this thing, but he was a, you're right, a vulnerable guy who. And I mean, even now, Robert Downey Jr. in real life, I mean, he, you know, he, he's so fortunate he got, uh, you know, kind of a, a second round at life and he, where he is now. And he's, you know, of course, very humble and very happy where he is, but he's also petitioning for, you know, a better world and he's doing things and, you know, he's, he's trying, he knows he's not a superhero in real life, but he can't help but sometimes I think, you know, he's left Tony for, you know, for now, but Tony's was going to be part of him. So I think uh, he, you know, he really, the work he did over those films, it just, you know, true iconic superhero role. Yeah. And if that role ever does get recast, it's going to be real tough shoes to fill. That's a lot of these roles, you know, again, this list was really hard. It's just hard to make a character work, not only for one film, but if multiple films come up. But of course, when we come back after a little break here, we have some honorable mentions. You know, there's, again, it was a hard list. So there's yeah, some that make, I wanted to, they couldn't make the top 10. No, but, but we uh, still had to give them props for what they've done. Props. And then, you know, not every hero cuts the cake. So we'll also be telling you our least favorites. So we'll uh, get to that right after the break. Behind the scenes audition tapes, The Avengers. Reading for Tony Stark, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yes. Okay, here we go. Uh, Iron Man, yes. Uh, I am Iron Man. I I am Iron Man. Uh, we... We have a Hulk. Uh, yes, fascinating. If we can't uh, protect the Earth, you can be damn sure we'll avenge it. Oh, yeah. Avengers, I see there. Very nice. Reading for Tony Stark, Michael Caine. Okay. I am Iron Man. Well, of course I'm Iron Man. I put you know, audition for the bloody pot. Whatever. We have a Hulk. Uh, what what the hell is a Hulk? Uh, I I don't understand this. Reading for Captain America, John Mulaney. Hi over there, I'm John Mulaney here. I'm playing the part for Captain America. Whatever it takes, I can do this all day. You get hurt, you hurt him right back there. And you get killed, you just walk him right off. Now I'm wondering, what should I do with this guy? Is he uh, Captain America? Does he sing the Stars and Stripes? Reading for Thor, Seth Rogen. Uh, I am Thor, Odin's son, god of thunder. <laughs> People are so petty and, and, and tiny, you know? I, you know? It's crazy. Like, you know, like, why is the Hulk, like, so angry? I, I, I don't understand. Like, do I have to buff up for this role? Uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's a, you know, I got the beard. Reading for Thor, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, where do you want me to stand? Right here? All right, here we go. Uh, I am Thor Odin's son, god of thunder. You people are so petty and tiny. I know him. 
Uh, he's a friend from work. How, how was that? Did you feel the electricity? Reading for Doctor Strange, Jay Baruchel. Uh, Dermammu, I have come to bargain. I've come to, to bargain. Yeah, well, I'm protecting your reality, douchebag. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, your, your name is, uh, Wong? Uh, uh just Wong? <laughs> like Adele? <laughs> or Aristotle? Or, or Drake? Uh, Bono? Uh, Eminem? Reading for Hawkeye, Woody Allen. I mean, I, I keep, come on, I mean, the city's flying. We're finding an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. A bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. Reading for Bruce Banner slash the Hulk, Ujuvenia Doubtfire. Oh, that's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Oh, it is so frustrated, dear, dear. Oh, I'm such a tizzy. Hulk smash! Oh, the lovely smashing good time, dear. Oh, you puny god, dear. Maybe you're compensating for something with those large horns on top of your head. Oh, he's quite horny, dear. Reading for Spider-Man, Jesse Eisenberg. Do you remember when we were in space? And I got all dusty? I must have passed out because I woke up and you were gone. But Dr. Strange was there, right? And he said it's been five years? Come on, they need us. And he started doing the L sparkly thing that he does? Well, anyway, huh. This is nice. And we're back. Whew. That was a nice break. I think we needed that break because that was just a, that, that, was, that list uh, winded me down. Whew. You know what I did on that break? What'd you do? I flew around the world three times in, oh. in that quick time. Yeah. That's awesome. Just, you know. Something you do. Flash powers. Pretty cool. <laughs> um, well, here we are, folks. We're here to our second half of our superhero episode, and we're going to talk about First off, our five honorable mentions. Now, this was also tough because there's so many characters that I'd love to include on in this list. There's so many that I think uh, deserve to be mentioned here. But uh, these are the five that I came up with, and Taylor has his own five. So we're going to go again one by one and just kind of think about, you know, ones we maybe want to include in the top ten for various reasons. But yeah. just just we're under the ten that we had chose. So what's your first pick, Taylor? All right. Well, these aren't in any order of importance. Just we're going just to – Yeah, we're just going to go one, one by one. And, so uh, yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, first of all, throw out uh, honorable mention to Tom Holland, Spider-Man. I want to put it on the top list, but it was tough when you got so many heavy hitters on the beginning. But, of course, uh, I got to agree with you, Chris. Uh, Tom Holland, he definitely uh, epitomizes what, you know, Peter Parker is. Spider-Man is just this young kid getting his powers, and we hadn't really got a proper – iteration of a kid in high school i mean of course andrew garfield but tom holland he had a good balance of humor lightheartedness uh, but that great youthful and good action so and he's really proven himself in the mcu and looking forward to the third iteration with him uh, just after far from home so i'm excited the rumor right now is that it'll be called homesick so <laughs> no like literally the rumor i heard was that spider-man homesick might be the third title that's funny so well we'll, he, we'll see he has been it'll outed. have home in it we know it, it'll have home in he it he has but, been um, outed so everyone knows he's spider-man so yeah uh well my number one choice here just one of my honorable mentions is ron perlman as hellboy okay um i love those movies i think they're very creative and you know guillermo del toro is uh one of my favorite directors and i think he did a lot of fun with those films but ron perlman is like the ideal hellboy i mean he he has the humor he has the look he has the smug. He's got, you know, the action. I think he's a lot of fun as that character. Um, I was sad to see that he was not going to continue on to a third film. 
And uh, after seeing the recent Hellboy iteration, uh, let's be glad that Ron Perlman ended it where he did because it was not very good. But uh, Ron Perlman, greatest Hellboy. One of my honorable mentions. Nice. Well, I'm just going me- to mention it mine too. That was actually on my honorable mention as oh, well. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And we talked about, uh, you know, um, briefly, you know, I hadn't seen the other, the new revamp with um, David Harbour. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I, I thought, you know, you he, he said he'd really good, but I had got introduced to Hellboy late in the game and they had been out for a while and I saw it. And yeah, I thought, this is just so unique because this guy, he's, you know, basically, you know, this demon um, and, you know, he just, Ron Perlman, he has this cigar chomping, you know, wisecracking. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I love the anti-hero where he's like a superhero, but you're not really sure. He does a good job blurring the lines. And I'm a huge fan of Ron, Ron Perlman and he just definitely did an amazing job with that role. You, you're yeah. right. So that's what I know. I'll say a side note, David Harbour, you know, he did okay. I think the movie did not pan out the way he wanted. It yeah, to, and, um, and yeah, so. and what we mentioned later, um, bad movies is uh, roles. It's not the movie itself because sometimes the actor yes. does their thing. So that's with all these, you know. Sometimes uh, a film really shines because of an actor in the role. For example, like Joker, the movie really shines because walking performing, but it's not the other way around where the movie, you know, the actor really shines because the movie's really good, you know, like such like that. So, yeah. Well, number two for me, just pulling out here is uh, Evan Peters as Quicksilver in the kind of newer X-Men films, you know, okay. first introduced in days of future past. And then he went on to do apocalypse and had a small stint in dark Phoenix. Um, not a huge role, a role I would love to see. Actually, I'd love to see a full film with Evan Peters Quicksilver. I, I don't think we're ever going to get it, but, just was so unique how this kind of humor that he got to play with this character and then of course what they did with the idea of him actually having this power and the way he would play around when he's in those super fast things i just like he was a really cheeky kind of guy and i loved what he did for that it really was one of those okay he's a smaller supporting character but he really made a big statement you know it was like oh i want to see more of him and i thought that you know it was a fun one of my honorable mention roles Going to number three for me, we're going off the range here with uh, totally different, oh. not DC, because we, we both said Hellboy um, was not DC or Marvel, but another one that's not DC or Marvel, only female, only female on my list would be uh, portrayed by Chloe Grace Moretz in the Kick-Ass films is the role of Hit Girl. Oh, okay. This is very different. Uh, I First of all, I think this did for superhero movies what kind of Deadpool did for superhero movies in a different way where it was, okay, this is a superhero movie, but it's edgy where uh, none of these people have powers. And it's just like, you know, what if the premise, if, you know, just ordinary people just decided to become like superheroes. And the thing about Hit Girl is this 11 year old superhero uh, with her, her dad, who's played uh, by Nicolas Cage called Big Daddy. That's his name in the movie. And she, first of all, she kicks a lot of butt and she's also has a foul mouth <laughs> and it's graphic. So she literally, you know, kills bad guys and uh, has, you know, swears and everything. And I thought, you know, what a great, like different portrayal. And it definitely was edgy and unique. And I thought she's a great one. And it'd be interesting to see if they put her in any other uh, films in the future. So that's uh, one of my honorable mentions. Very nice. Well, my number three honorable mention here is Tobey Maguire 
as Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, who had you in your top 10. Uh, I think he definitely deserves a shout out because he was the first Spider-Man and I thought he did set a good, uh, you know, idea of that character. He had the nerdiness down. He had the kind of humor of always seemed to be kind of picked on and, but he really could play that action side and he played the kind of, you know, guy learning to have these powers and where he, where he sat in the world and what, you know, what was he fighting for? And, you know, they, they show in those movies, it's like him at the end of high school into college, just a little older than say Tom Holland. Uh, but I thought he was a great Spider-Man. I think, you know, Spider-Man two still holds up for me as one of my all time best comic book movies. Um, I agree. Three went off the rails a little bit, but uh, you know, the first two are really solid. So, Tobey Maguire is one of my honorable mentions. Uh, next one uh, was, you know, one of your top lists, but I, I, it was a tough, tough, but I had to give him credit was of course the role of Thor by Chris Hemsworth, um, you know, to portray this, you know, character that in the comics really comes off as, you know, doesn't have a lot of personality and he's mm-hmm. not, you know, in, even the cartoons like I am Thor, you know, I think Chris Hemsworth did a great job. The first one of, you know, portraying standard Thor, doing his thing. And then as the movies progressed, you know, how, what development that every movie, something different, he added something new uh, to the role. Uh, and like you mentioned, uh, then Thor Ragnarok and then Infinity War and Endgame, it just, he just, you know, did a whole, you know, different turn. It was really cool to see that they could really still reinvent the character uh, with the same actor. And um, so, and I think <laughs> Chris Hemsworth is is great action star and he's just got great humor and delivery. So got to give up to Thor, Chris Hemsworth. Well, coming up for me, one of my honorable mentions here, going back to the DC side is Zachary Levi as Shazam. Okay, um, yeah. I thought this was a you know, match made in heaven. I think he is absolutely perfect for this role. Of course he plays what is the superhero embodiment when the young kid shout Shazam. And I love that, you know, they, they, they really hammed up the, the kind of big elements of he's still this teenage kid trapped in the superhero body. And Zachary Levi, who, who knows how to play that humor really well, I thought really took on that role 100%. He went for it. He went big and it really showed. And I really can't wait to see him continue that role. And especially when he gets to like, be up against the other superheroes. I mean, like, you know, with the Avengers, we've always had this great banter between all of the different heroes from uh, the top ones to, you know, even the small, small, small ones. We've had, you know, yeah. all this funny jokes and them kind of ripping on each other, making commentary about, you know, language or, you know, the way they talk or the way, what their powers are. And unfortunately with the DC universe, they tried copying that and it didn't really work the way they wanted to. And luckily, you know, we are getting this uh, Snyder cut of justice league. So we might see a kind of whole new take on that, but it doesn't work for every single moment for the DC characters. But I think, you know, looking at how Urza Miller and Jason Momoa, the humor that they can play adding in Zachary Levi, I think is going to be fun for that, you know, and also like maybe him talking to Batman and, you know, you, you think at some point, knowing that there are superheroes in that world, the kid knows who Batman is, but he still doesn't really understand that he's a superhero too, you know? So he'd be like, Oh my God, you're Batman. Like, I can't wait for that kind of scene to happen. Yeah. 
So and Zachary Levi uh, for, is my one of my honorable mentions for sure. And of course, my last honorable mention um, going to DC two. I think, of course, because he did such a great job redefining the role, would have to be Batman Christian Bale. And uh, yeah, I thought Christian Bale of all the Batman, um, with the exception of Keaton, I think he did a great job. In my honest opinion, does a great job of blending Bruce Wayne and Batman. He's able to play both very well. And I think to be Batman, you have to do both those. It's just like, you know, being Spider-Man, you have to be able to be um, the quirky Peter Parker and then his alter ego. You have to be able to blend and blur the line. And I thought he, I think he's an incredible actor. And I thought that was just a perfect role. Him and, and Christopher Nolan are matchmade in heaven. Anything that they do, it's awesome. And just all three of the movies, honestly, I loved them all. Um, of course, Dark Knight will be the best one for me with uh, because him yeah, against for sure. Heath Ledger. But yeah, it's uh, still it's a shame that it's not part of the DC uh, the DCU ECU because it would be very interesting to see Christian Bale and the Justice League what he would have brought into that role uh, and that dynamic, especially him against like you know Aquaman and all that. So, mm-hmm. but gotta give a shout out to Christian Bale, Batman. Yeah, I liked reading that. Really, if you if you have to play someone like Batman, you have three roles you're playing. You have the Bruce Wayne that is the show. Yes. When you're you're hamming up, but you're this you know rich yeah, yeah. kid that doesn't really care. Then there's Bruce Wayne behind the scenes, who is you know the detective, and he's he's you know the one looking out for crime. And then of course there's Batman, the embodiment of this figure of terror that you know takes down the criminals. So I think that I do agree with you. I think that's why Bale took a little of a leap for me over Keaton is that. I think he really mixes the three really well together. Um, but yeah, it would have been interesting to see what he would have uh, done, you know, if that had continued. But I do think that where Batman is now, and of course we're waiting to see what Robert Pattinson's going to do with his version of Batman, uh, we got a little bit more of that fantasy element back with, you know, uh, we're having these characters with these huge powers and we have, you know, space stuff going on. So, I think Nolan's universe was really set in reality and the current justice league with all the characters, it's a bit heightened because these are gods amongst us kind of thing. So, uh, which speaking of one of the gods amongst us, uh, my number five honorable mention is, uh, you know, again, as I said earlier, it's not that we're just being uh, chauvinistic or anything. It's just that unfortunately it's, you know, we're still seeing this kind of work in progress to really showcase strong, female superheroes we've had some but they don't always get a lot of the limelight the one who has and i think has really taken by storm and we're eagerly waiting her sequel that's supposed to come out the next few months is gal gadot gal gadot i'm probably mispronouncing that i've heard it said three to four i call her gg so gg uh wonder woman herself uh uh just i mean of course she's she's gorgeous and she has like the look and the figure, but she, I think what's so great about her in that role is not only should have all the action and the jam packs, you know, like, wow, she kicks butt, but I love like with her accent and she really plays a, a, a humanity about this character who happens to have these amazing powers, but she's so, you know, wanting to fight for the people. And I like that, you know, I thought that the first film where it was set in the time period was like perfect to kind yeah. of show that she's willing to put herself in front of the front lines. Well, you know? her, her and innocence in so. this time of, you know, World War One, which was such a, a devastating war uh, mm-hmm. itself. So you're absolutely right. And of course, you know, she's teased in um, 
dawn of justice when she just we just get a little bit of a tidbit we're like we like her already and then but yeah i absolutely agree with you um wonder woman did it did a great job and i'm i cannot wait for the second one to come out um it's going to be interesting to see what they bring to that one yeah uh but of course as we said earlier not every great hero is uh cuts the cake you know it's not always a a match made in heaven some just don't you know sometimes and as we said before the next five we're going to talk about these are really specifically the actor themselves not just the movie because i'll give uh two examples like i said i think uh someone like ryan reynolds i thought ryan reynolds was was a great green lantern it just was not a good green lantern film no uh, you know, there was some fun action moments, but overall it didn't really work out the way it should. But I didn't think that it was because Ryan Reynolds was a bad Green Lantern. I thought he was a fine Green Lantern. Uh, something like uh, Daredevil. Uh, you know, I thought Ben Affleck did fine as like the brooding, you know, Daredevil character. Just the movie itself didn't really pan out the way it wanted to. Yeah. And these films, you know, some of those were still coming out in that time where there was still kind of experimentation of what was the right formula. This is all kind of before the MCU really kind of took the cake and then also the Nolan films. So, uh, so we're going to get into our five, you know, least favorite actor portrayals or superheroes. Again, this was tough. Yeah. Cause I, I, I can't really say that I don't like a lot of them, but there's a few that I have some, uh, problems with. So you going to start us off Taylor. Let's sure. See what we got. All right. Well, um, we mentioned a lot of Batman's and, uh, of course, <laughs> uh, you know, Batman now is, you know, on his way, then Spider-Man are going to be, you know, on its way to being one of the, um, you know, most um, most actors portraying that role. Very similar, you know, James Bond the series with so many different actors mm-hmm. playing that role. You know, your favorites. But one of my least favorites uh, would have to be uh, George Clooney as Batman. Uh, uh, we, we both, I think, share the sentiment. But, you know, in Batman and Robin was a movie that just could have been good, um, but just it just continued to do bad and worse of what <laughs> Batman forever started. And I love Batman forever. I really love it. It's, it's campy and cheesy, but this was just like too much. And the film doesn't detract from Batman. Uh, <laughs> Batman detracts from the film and vice versa. So I then just Clooney, like great actor, but not a great Batman or Bruce Wayne. It's literally George Clooney be just dressing as a, in a costume, walking around. I'm, I'm George Clooney. Um, well, number one for me is George Clooney uh, <laughs> as well. That's my first on my list, and I agree. He's just George Clooney the whole film. He's not he's not portraying Bruce Wayne. He's not portraying Batman at all. He talks exactly the same as Batman. It's like he just didn't care. Yeah. And um, talk about you know, even, <laughs> even Val Kilmer, who I actually thought was pretty good as Batman, he has the presence of you know you see the differentiation between uh, when he's Batman when he's Bruce Wayne, and yeah. you, you see. He, at least he tries it's not like uh just george clooney felt like he just kind of was phoning it in i guess so yeah. um and the sad thing is maybe just because it was directed or who knows what all happened but he still talks about it to this day that like the disappointment that he almost ruined the batman franchise so yeah <laughs> but you know what when something really bad happens you know sometimes we get something good from it and luckily so maybe that was good thing <laughs> we got the dark knight trilogy yeah. so you know uh, but yeah, number one, George Clooney. So we both agree on that. On to number two. Next one for me is going to be Ghost Rider, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> First of all, I think Nicolas Cage has no reason being a superhero. I mean, maybe there there has got to be a role that he could play well, but um, 
just this is just Nicolas Cage just being more. I'm the Pink Panther. Yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just, uh, just such a. <laughs> it just cracks me up because he's just just intense and then more intense, you know, and it just, uh, just not a great film to begin with, and just. Nicholas Cage did nothing for the role. And of course, yeah. you know, there is an opportunity in the future, hopefully that they can do a good ghostwriter. I think it is possible. Uh, it wasn't a live action, but in the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. live action show, they had a guy uh, played Robbie Reyes, um, who this was the character and a Latino actor. He did an amazing job uh, portraying a uh, ghostwriter, which I thought was good because it is a tough balance where your head is CGI so you know you've got to you've yep. got to you've got to really display yep. the human element and i think that is a challenge but yeah Nick- well uh nick cage is he's next on my list so he's, he's third so i'll just i'll I'll say it we'll just get over now but um yeah i, I didn't even see the sequel because i was like i don't want to see another Ghost Rider movie with nick cage you know it's, nick cage is one of those actors that sometimes i really enjoy watching him and sometimes just you know i'm like that's just not the film for him yeah and i think ghost Rider, Ghost Rider needs to be a, a, a movie that's rated R. It needs to be darker in tone because of the, the element of the hero itself, the anti-hero. Yep. The rumors I've heard is that Norman Reedus is being looked at for a revamp, yes, which I, I think would be perfect. Yes. Um, well, you know, he knows, he knows how to ride a, ride a motorcycle. So yeah, <laughs> we know that from uh, all the walking dead, but um, yeah, it's, you know, I remember, I remember seeing Ghost Rider and, you know, it's cool when like the, the the bike can do all the stuff and he's got the whip, but it just the CGI was not it wasn't clean CGI at the time, you know, it was kinda and it's yeah, the movie was just like eh. Um so Nick Cage, I think, is on there. Um I think Nick Cage there probably would be a role. I think I think Nick Cage would maybe do better as like a villain. Um maybe like a Batman villain or something, you know, I think there might be somewhere he would yeah. fit better in the superhero world, but I just think that was not the one for him. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe a hero is not his role. Maybe a super, yeah. super villain. All right. Next one for me is going to have to be, and this uh, uh, character has been portrayed actually now three times, uh, of course, um, successfully uh, many times, but I'm going to give it to the um, first live action uh, movie version. I'm going to the Hulk, Eric Bana. And, uh, you know, I, I like Eric Ben a lot. I think he's a great actor. I think he's done amazing roles. Uh, even, I mean, his role in Star Trek and um, in him and some of his uh, little bit, you know, less action roles. But I just thought, like, the character Bruce Banner, there is, um, there is a kind of a, a balance where he has to be kind of the nerdy, you know, a scientist, but then there's also this intensity. And I thought, of course, Mark Ruffalo does a great job you know, balancing and doing that vulnerability. But Eric Bana just, he didn't really do it for me. And, and of course, I was so excited about this movie, but the movie itself, you know, Ang Lee, great film director, a superhero film is not, I think, in the cards for him. Uh, but Eric Bana just kind of was a wet blanket in this role for me. So he just, uh, just didn't do it for me. And it's a shame because he can do, he can do a lot of good roles, but this just wasn't him for me. Interesting. I would have to uh, slightly disagree. I think it's one of those where I think the acting was fine. I think the movie just was not good. Yeah. I thought he was, uh, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. But uh, understandable. Uh, but for me, uh, going on here after Nick Cage, um, going back to the kind of, uh, I guess, I think there was a, a movie prior to this. Again, it's kind of that era of that Captain America film that wasn't so good that no one really talks about. But yeah. 
this is the kind of first like big uh, live action mount of Fantastic Four. I'm going to go with Michael Chiklis as the thing okay. in the Fantastic Four movies. Um, you know, looking at that character, he's supposed to be like the Hulk of that group. You know, he he's he turns in this thing that's supposed to, you know, it's huge. It's made of like rock and it can do all this stuff. And they just, they really hammed it up so much of like humor. Like, you know, like there's that scene where like uh, Chris Evans has to put like shaving cream on his like hand and he's tickling his face and then he smacks his face. And I was like, you know, it was so like, it was so of that time period. These like early 2000 superhero films where it's like, we like a lot of cheesy jokes because yeah. teenagers are coming to see this. Yeah. And I didn't even see the newer version of Fantastic Four, which I heard was terrible. So it's just something that I'm always like, that character to me needs to be a little terrifying. Needs to be a little scary because Much more gruff, more, more rough. And also he's, he's a little maybe uncontrollable because he is forever this giant creature. Yeah. You know, this kind of rock monster. So, uh, you know, I'm sure our current MCU is they're looking at a revamped version to join the, the cinematic universe. I would just like a little more tough, scary thing. And I yeah. thought Michael Chiklis just kind of had to do what he did. And I thought it was just kind of like so cheesy. More rough, like, less fluff. That's what you want. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Moving on. All right. Um, next Number one. Here. Yeah. Well, we talked about good iterations of Spider-Man. Of course, there's been three iterations of it, but I got to give uh, my worst um, not so favorite would have to be Andrew Garfield playing Spider-Man. I thought, um, you know, the thing is like, first of all, the movies are okay. Uh, I, the first one I liked the second one, you know, but I think Andrew Garfield just played, you know, yeah. Just don't, I just, that's, all, that's all you need to say. It's like, it's sorry. You know, it's just the green goblin was like, you know, had a skin disease, didn't like that. And electro come on. Uh, I gotta give Andrew Garfield was like trying to be like grunge punk. Like, you know, he just yes, like, he was very like, yeah, emo kind of, you know, yeah. I yeah, know. and just the dialogue and, and, and you know, what he said and just he didn't give off a really good presence of, you know, he just was more like a whiny kid who, um, you know, wrote his own music about stuff that he was sad about. But, you know, he had a great life. So I just like, you know, I didn't feel it that the quips were, you know, it just you know, he just didn't betray, you know, the, all the sides of what Spider-Man is. And like I said, it's not like I want to go watch him again. So I just thought he just didn't betray Spider-Man what he, what he should be. I think too, there was something about, because they already had three films with Toby and that was kind of like really doing like what Spider-Man really is in the comics. I think the new ones, they were like, we want to do something different, which is why they had that whole plot line through his two films about like, his dad and like the mysterious lab and like yeah his dad really created the spider that actually like turns him into spider-man and like they did all the whole like yeah. plot and you know what was going to evolve for that into the sinister six and like you know Oscorp and i think they they they, they almost the amazing spider-man 2 went the exact same route as spider-man 3 yeah. it was too much in the one film and they just got to you know and just didn't do as well as it could have but I wasn't so mad about Andrew, but I do agree with you. There was just times where he was just kind of like, he was like in a teenage rom-com more than he's playing Spider-Man. So. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, well, next for me is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've not really ever seen all the Christopher Reeve movies like all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces and of course, a lot of pop culture things on TV. But uh, my first full superhero, Superman movie I saw was Superman Returns uh, with Brandon Routh playing Superman slash Clark Kent. And he's on my list because, you know, I've, I've liked him in other projects but he clearly was cast in that role because he looks so much like Christopher Reeve. Yeah. You know, he's got a very similar look. And from my understanding, minus the whole end sequence uh, with Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor making like the giant island of like kryptonite stuff, it really is like a full kind of mimic of what the Christopher Reeve movie is. I mean, like all of it's shot exactly the same yeah. and it's, you know, it's very similar. And so I thought he didn't really do anything new with it. It was kind of just, you know, this is, me doing an interpretation of Google. Yeah. Um, so he he's he's next on my list. All Here right. we are coming on our last our last uh, not so favorite. And uh, I dug at the bottom of the barrel here, not bottom of the barrel, oh. like you know, uh, like the three ninety nine DVDs of Best Buy. But uh, no, this one a little out there, and I don't know if you would know about this, but um, because it is a superhero in a way based off uh, the DC comics is. Jonah Hex in the Jonah Hex film played by Josh mm-hmm. Bolin. Mm-hmm. Now Jonah Hex is this, basically he's was a, you know, a lawman kind of like a, you know, and set in the, it's set in the old West and um, he gets, he gets killed and he gets kind of revived, but he's just scarred, disfigured, you know, lawman who's um, he has like superpowers able to bring people back from the dead and things like that. And it's a little bit more supernatural in the thing, but I was kind of excited because I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I love a good old Western, but with the supernatural, but that's kind of cool. But it just, you know what? Josh Brolin, great actor. And of course, years later, he would, you know, create one of the most iconic supervillains of our time with Thanos. But it just, you know, you know, didn't really do it for me. And of course, it's kind of hard when you, you know, half your face is hanging off and you're trying to talk with prosthetics. So that could have been it. But yeah, Josh Brolin with that role just didn't like, do anything great. It's just this guy just, you know, growling the whole time uh, with a cowboy hat. So that's basically, you know, what he did. And of course, um, movie wasn't that great to begin with, but yeah, Josh Brolin just, you know, didn't do it for me in that role. And it's a shame because um, he's got very few things to uh, um, be sad about in his career. So, mm. but that's, that's my top five worst uh, superhero. There you go. Well, uh, me wrapping up the episode here. Uh, we mentioned earlier George Clooney, and uh, I gotta add in his partner here. Um, although I like what he did in Batman Forever, uh, then the turn into Batman and Robin just uh, did it for me. And looking at both pictures combined, it's kind of eh. uh, Chris O'Donnell as Robin slash Dick Grayson. Yeah, I thought you know this is a character that typically should be younger than uh, the age even Chris was when he first started playing the role. Well, he's mostly, but, he's, I mean, he's his ward. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's supposed to, you know, the way the cartoons have always been to me, you know, Batman's supposed to be like in his 30s or 40s. You know, Robin should be like, you know, 15 or something. But, you know, I, they have to play a little bit of realism and that, you know, I liked what they did with the storyline. You know, they show, you know, when Two-Face kills his family and then he you now he seeks revenge and Batman takes him under his you know as a warden he was fine for me in Batman forever but then in Batman and Robin again they really took these characters and they turned them into these hammed up characters with these jokes and these sayings and 
you know, he's like, I want a car. Like the first sign of Batman and Robin is like, I want a car. Chicks take the car. And it's just like, uh, this is, this is where we are now. This is where we turn these characters into. And, and, you know, it's weird that he's the only Robin we've ever had live action action in terms of these movies, minus the Adam West series. Yeah. Burt Ward. He's the only one we've ever had. And, there's almost kind of a reason for it is like, I don't know if there's, you know, there's a fear to have a sidekick or, you know, but it's, I mean, yeah. the Arkham games, I mean, like if they did it right, they could really have a cool, you know, Robin. I mean, we had, we had the idea that Joseph Gordon-Lovett was Robin for Bale's Batman. You know, he was going to take over the mantle yeah. at the end, but uh, yeah, just, you know, I was, that movie just, you know, disappoints when it takes a character I've already loved liked and then makes them do something i don't like so but yeah those, those are my five least favorites and i mean you know this list was very diverse but amazingly not surprised we had a lot of um same picks or even same number picks yeah. which was pretty cool but you know we still have all these movies to look forward to i think the superhero franchise is not going anywhere anytime soon we know for sure coming up we have wonder woman 2 we have black widow we have the eternals there's gonna be an aquaman 2 we're gonna have the snyder cut of justice league we have the Batman film with uh, uh, Robert Pattinson. That's going to be, I believe, a trilogy. We got, you know, Thor, Spider-Man Thor's movie. coming back with Love Thor, and Thunder. Thor, Lady Thor. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We have the new Suicide Squad. But, you know, a lot of these people that have kind of been that main character for a long time, I, I wouldn't rule them out to not be done forever. I mean, we already know for a fact Robert Downey Jr., is playing Iron Man in Black Widow at some point. Now, again, this is set after Civil War, so he's also still alive. Again, not a spoiler, because if you haven't seen Endgame by now, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, who knows? But I think uh, the super franchise is has been such a monumental part of cinematic history. Yes. And uh, it's always fun to see these big big name actors get to play and, these famous roles, you know? And it's continually evolved. I think, you know, we've gone from, you know, to, if it's humble beginnings, you know, of the pow, pang, you know, of the, you know, the Batman to the, the very, you know, edgy and over the top to the cheesy and goofy to the realistic and dramatic. So I think superheroes are going to continue to evolve and continue to change in hopefully good ways, but also bad ways, but looking forward to see new superheroes come to light, new ones that have not been portrayed properly or at all. And looking forward to in our lifetime, the different takes of previous heroes, because of course, you know, our Iron Man, years 30 years from now maybe portrayed by other actors i mean literally think about that think like 2050 there's going to be you know the sixth version of iron man by then or or spider-man and you know you'd be like remember 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 when i saw spider-man it came out like 2000 or 1998 or whatever you know that's gonna be funny to think about so we're kind of we're kind of lucky in that sense that we've been really alive through this big large boom of the of the comic book movie. Yeah, you know, really looking at Batman and Superman being kind of the start of this what now become where we are today. So, yeah, good stuff. So, uh, thanks for listening today. That that was pretty fun. We had to you know give the heroes equal time and uh, yeah, of course. We'll uh, be with you guys next time. And we're gonna talk about sidekicks. Sidekicks next. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, then we'll do a whole psychic. <laughs> like those who are there but don't really get the spotlight. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, take it easy, guys, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Coming soon. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.